Hey, it's good to have everybody out here tonight. Appreciate this good crowd we had, this good turnout. Uh, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. We're going to pick back up there. Uh, let me read verses 21 through chapter 2, verse number 2. And it's like I said, y'all bear with me right here for just a second. Verse 21 of chapter number 1, and we're going to read through verse 2 of chapter number 2. It says, And you that were sometimes alienated, I'm sorry, I'm in Colossians. Let me get back to Corinthians here. Verse 21 of chapter number 1. It says, Now we which establish you, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, too many markers in here. Too many markers. I don't have to get them in your Bible. <laughs> yeah, I do a lot. Alright, here we are. For, the, for after that, in the wisdom of God, uh, the world by wisdom knew not God. Y'all, this is something right here. Underline this. Go back and reread this. And, and know this. this. This goes right along with Romans chapter 1, verse number 25. which talks about when God turned people over to a lascivious mind. That when they got to thinking and worshiping the creation, the things of this world, the things of our desires, the things of our minds, the things of our philosophies, they started worshiping that more than they worshiped God the Creator. God turned them over to a, a reprobate, reprobate mind, and that's where... There was a bunch of falling away. And, and just to understand this, when we see things only through our eyes, and this is something I need the church to pay attention to me tonight about. When we start seeing it our way, then there is a great, great danger of division, of discord, and of, 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 of the devil having his way inside a church. It says right here, verse 21, it says, for after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by its wisdom knew not God. It said, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. It says, for the Jew requires a sign and the Greek uh, seeks after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called by both Jew and Greek, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God, because of the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. It says, verse 26, For you, for you see your calling, brethren, not many wise after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. It says, But God hath chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of this world to confound the mighty. And it says, In base things of this world, the things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, the things which are not to bring to naught those that are. That no flesh, that no flesh, that no flesh should glory in His presence. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, you can write this down. It says, We are saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. 
lest any man should boast in him doing something to obtain salvation. Paul was talking to the carnal Christians there at, at Corinth. It says that no flesh should glory in his presence, but he of him are you in Christ, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. It says that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Chapter 2, verse number 1, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or in of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you save Christ and Him crucified. Let's pray. God, we love you. Lord, we praise you. I pray right now, dear Lord, that you would give us the ability to open our minds, open our ears, open our hearts, Lord. So many times I get self in the way. And when, when I get self in the way, then I can't see the purpose that you've got behind it. Lord, when it turns into being about me, God, I can't see you at work. Lord, when I see it's all about me and it's all about my desires and it's all about my wishes, God, so many times I get tangled up in this and I stumble and I fall and I knock so many people down around me and I bring them down to the level that I'm at. And God, I need you right now, Lord, to lift me up, Lord, to, to strengthen me, Lord, to hide me behind Calvary's cross that I may preach Christ and Him crucified. Lord, that everything else is just a distraction that the devil brings and he causes uh, division and, 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 and he se separation. And, and Lord, he pulls people away and Lord, he isolates them. And Lord, uh, we need to get back to, to what is important. Lord, it's about your son being glorified. Lord, it's about us being part of that, that that's able to bring him honor and glory. And Lord, things not be made about ourselves. Lord, let things be done one mind, one accord. We love you. We praise you. Now, Lord, we ask, Lord, that, that minds will just settle and start to receive your word. Lord, we let the devil, Lord, the power that he's, the influence that he's created, the Lord, the influence that he's pulling at, God, that, that, that we would sever ties with that. Lord, we would go back to you. Lord, we would repent. And God, we would ask you to use us in the way that you see fit, Lord, that it be about you and about your kingdom and about your plan and not about ours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, we started this study in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 2 about three weeks ago. I think last week was the third message I preached. It did not get, got, it did not get recorded because, uh, nothing worked out right that night with technology. But I want you to understand, we read in, in, in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and chapter 2, all I did, I read the whole time trying to get you to understand that when we get in our minds, when we get in our hearts, when we get in our souls, uh, of, 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 there, there's no satisfaction. When we get in our hearts, when we get in our minds that, that, that we've tried all this and we're not really, you know, it's not as fun as it used to be and, and, and it's so easy to be in church in body, but not be there in spirit, not be there in soul, and not be their mind, and not be there in heart. And when we get our mind out of church, and when we get our our soul out of church, and we get our, our, our thinking process out of church, and when we get all these things, y'all, this is a constant struggle we have here in this church to do these things, to always to beg and to plead with people, to let it be about God and everything that's done to be about to glorify Him and to strengthen that which remains, to draw strength from one another and to pray for one another. And, 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 you know, a lot of times I have to be 
reminded, you know, it's, 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 preacher, it's not your way, it's God's way. And I'll be the first to say, there's times I get so excited and I'm running so hard, and, I, and, and but I, I get out in front of God or I'm way behind God and, and I'm lacking in what I should be doing and how I should be approaching it. But as Paul was writing here to the church at, 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 at Corinth, he, he, he had to deal with a lot of issues of, of selfishness inside that church. People being selfish, uh, and, and there was factions. If you go back and... And I think it's still on band, uh, chapter 1, verse 1 through 9, I believe it was. And then we got 9 through uh, 13, maybe through 17, anywhere. But was one got skipped. But I, I understand this right here. James uh, uh, was, was writing this letter here to, to uh, believers there. And, and when James wrote this, this is dealing with the tongue. Now, this, this, go back and read all this. But it says right here, it says, if you're wise... And you understand God's ways. Then prove it by living honorably. Now, this is something that we need to understand. That is our life bringing honor to God? Is the places we go, the, the conversations we have, the, 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 the discouragements, the, uh, just distractions, the fights we're willing to pick? You know, sometimes we're willing to pick a fight over anything. And, but, but it says if you're truly wise and understand God's ways, then prove it by how you live. Uh, it says um, by living honorably, doing good works, doing good works with humility. Now, to be humble, what does a person do? To be humble, it's not about me and about my wants and about my wishes. It's about what's the greater good for the body. It's the greater good about the people that live in my house. It's the greater good about the people in my Sunday school class. It's the greater good about the people in, 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 in our uh, men's meeting on, on Sunday nights when we have them. It's always not, a, it can't be about me. It has to be about what's best for everybody. And that's what Paul and James both are writing about. And right here it says that, that humility that comes from wisdom. You know what comes from, from, from man's wisdom? Pride. Selfishness. Now, y'all, this is something that attacks every church. Pride and selfishness. It says, but if you are bitterly jealous... Boy, it's getting quiet. When you get bitterly jealous and, you're full of, and, and, and there is selfish ambition when it's about me, when it's about my way, when it's about the things that I want, it says in your heart. When you have selfish ambition in your heart, and, and it, don't, 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 please don't, please don't cover it up by making it about something else. You know, there's so many times people come to me with a problem, and the problem don't lie. With, 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 you know, and, and, and they use a, 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 a weak link in the church. People love to use a weak link in the church and they start blaming it on that weak link when it, it all boils back down to their self. You know, they're under conviction. They're, under, they're in denial. You know, these are the things that happen to people when, when, when God starts convicting you of sin. This is how it works for me. When, when, when God puts His finger on something in my life, 
I'm going to look around everywhere I can to put blame on everybody else so I don't have to deal with me. And, and, and Paul says, look, don't cover up your true motives behind your heart with boasting and lying. Just, just, just lay it out there and say, God, we need to fix this. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Understand this tonight. Selfishness and jealousy is not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly and unspiritual and demonic. You understand this? When it's about you, then it's about worldly wisdom because the world teaches us to get ahead at any cost possible. Any means possible by any. It don't matter what we do, how much damage we cause, how much we tear up. It does not matter when it's about me getting ahead. It's, it, 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 it don't matter. But when you look at these things right here, it says, For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there, will, there, there, there you will find disorder. What is discord? It's disorder. It's not being bound together and like we're gonna to get to it a minute. Okay? I'm aware. But the wisdom from above, first of all, is pure. You understand this? The wisdom from above, when God speaks into you, you're gonna have a pure motive behind the actions that you it's it's not gonna be about you being lifted up and you being in the spotlight. It's gonna be about you doing everything you can for the people around you to be lifted up, to be strengthened, to be carried on. It says it's also peace-loving. So if what you're doing is not out of peace and love, it's out of revenge. When we start out operating about, yeah, you, you, you might have got me this time, but buddy, you wait. Payback's hell. And every one of us in our time when we're doing it, the world's wisdom... But vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So you think payback's hell from me? You start dealing with God when it comes to payback. And it's really going to be rough. And right here it says, gentle at all times. You know, hey y'all, I've been studying this for three weeks now. Believe you me, I've been on my knees. I've been squalling. I've, 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 I've been tore up. I've been tore down. I've been whooped. So when you go in and you start looking at these things and you see gentle at all times, not trying to stir up trouble, not causing, trying to let it be about the majority, what's best for the majority. Y'all realize every decision I try to make is for the best, is for the best, for the, for, for the best health of the overall. It's not about one person. It says it is full of mercy and the fruit of the good deeds. It shows no favoritism and it's always sincere. You know, there's so many people who come to you and boy, they're going to eat you up to the other face to get what they want out of you. And as soon as they got what they want out of you, they're done. And y'all, that happens so many times in church to where people come in. We've, we've seen it. We all know it. People will come in and they'll get real active in the church and when they get everything out of that church that they want, then boom, they're gone somewhere else. It's called church hoppers. And, 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 and this right here is saying this kind of wisdom, this is how you need to evaluate yourself is behind the motives, how you operate. First Corinthians chapter number 10. We've been talking about this. 
This is the fourth time I've read this verse, and probably every time that we get through, I think it's the end of chapter 16. And somebody looked in 1 Corinthians, tell me how many chapters in 1 Corinthians? Huh? I say 16 chapters. Paul deals with division in the church. They deals with factions in the church. He deals with problems in the church from chapter 1, verse 1, to chapter 16, verse whatever it is. He's talking to a church that's full of carnal problems. And it says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you speak, that you all speak the same thing, and that you, there is no division among you. Now we go back a minute ago, we are talking about where there's discord, where there's dysfunction, what is that? That's divisions inside of you. That there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together. And when we're all trying to do the same job the same way, and it's all about God, and we're letting God have His way, then, then, then there, is no, there is no separation. There's always everybody's perfectly joined together, doing everything they possibly can to benefit those that are lost, to draw the... Y'all, when we take the, the emphasis off of the lost and those that's dying and going to hell, then, 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 then we're not doing what God's called us to do. Everything that Goshen Valley Baptist Church should be doing is about folks that are lost, receiving the gospel, and about the ones that have received the gospel being taken from babes in Christ that have to be bottle-fed, and have to have their food ground up in a blender to where it's like mush, like baby food, that they're able to eat. And, and, and when you start able to eat and digest the meat of these things, then your feelings a lot of times won't play into these scenarios. And it says that ye speak all the same thing, and that you're, there's no division among you, but that you are perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment, in the same judgments, in the same belief system. We ought to all be on one page that we all believe the same way that you have to be born again and after you're born again you have to mature. You cannot stay a baby Christian. When you stay a baby Christian you will be captured. Colossians 2, 8, this is a, got this now. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophy. You know what empty, empty philosophy is? Well, I think. When a conversation, when a sentence, well, the way I feel about it, then that's an opinion, right? So when your opinion, never mind, I'm hushing. I don't have an opinion. The Bible tells me what I need to know and how I need to act. And it don't matter if I agree with it or not. It, God's word is ultimate authority. And if we're not in, if we're not in, if we don't, don't, if we don't believe it, then you're not arguing with me or Norman or Terry or Randy about the teaching part of it. You're arguing with God Almighty, and you're never going to win an argument with God. So if you got, want God to bless your marriage, if you want God to bless your children, if you want God to bless you then you need to line up with the Word of God. And when you line up with us, you won't have to worry about this high-sounding nonsense. You know what high-sounding nonsense is? Well, there you go. Well, the way I see it, that's high-sounding nonsense. 
If you can't say the Word of God says, there is no argument there. There is no discussion there. It's the Word of God or nothing. And when we subside to that, that means that we have surrendered and that Christ has been let in. He is Lord. I don't have to make Him Lord. He is Lord. And guess what? We accept that responsibility that, okay, Lord, I'm going I'm, I'm to let you in to be the Lord of my life. I'm going to let you hold my lips. I'm going to let you hold my heart. And I'm going to let you direct my path. It says that we're not tangled up in this high family nonsense that comes from human thinking. You know what my problem is? Tammy will tell you this. When I say, well, you know, I was thinking, and that's the first, that's a sure sign is this ain't going to work because he's thinking. That's dangerous. When we get to thinking, it's the thing it is, we ought to know. We ought to know. It says this, this comes from human thinking and from the spiritual power of this world. Do you realize that Satan is out running around? Kyle, every time you turn around, Satan is trying to put a thought into your head that don't line up with the way you've been raised. And you think, well, mom and daddy's just old-fashioned. No, they're not. They're rooted and grounded in the Word. See, and this is the thing that we have a problem with with the generation coming behind us that says, well, it just don't work like that. This world has changed. Everybody's changed. But God says, I change not. So if God called it sin when it was written, whether it was by Moses or by Obadiah or by Ezekiel or by any prophet or any New Testament writer, when God wrote it, it's the same today and we can't change that. We either got to go by it or destruction is coming. You understand that? That's what scares me more than anything is that when people say, well, I don't agree with that and I'm not going to go along with that, guess what's following you? And when destruction hits you, how big an umbrella are you holding up? That row right behind you? It's going to fall on that. That's what scares me is that it don't just affect you people. It affects everybody in this building. Verse 17, Christ sent me not to baptize. Christ didn't send me to, 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 to cook. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy cooking for y'all on Wednesday night. Tim and them enjoy cooking breakfast. But they didn't call us to be chefs. They called us to preach Christ crucified. Dead, buried, third day rose. Spent 40 days here witnessing the people to show He had come back to life and He ascended into heaven and He ascended at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and for me and for the mistakes and the opinions I have and the thoughts I have. And Jesus says, My blood covers them. He is one of mine. And the devil cannot bring accusation against one of God's children. Paul says, When we start adding man's wisdom to the message of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, the cross loses the effect. And y'all, I don't want this to be the church that used to be saying, we preach Christ crucified on a marble stone we got out front and we plant an ivy bush at the bottom of it and after four or five years it says, we preach Christ. The ivy has grew over crucified. And then a little while later, that ivy gets broader and wider on that building and it says, we preach. 
Christ has been taken out of it, and the cross and crucified has been taken out of it. And that's where you come in with man's opinion. That's where you come in with, with economics. That's where you come in with a watered-down salvation religion to where you live how you want to live and, and continue in sin and, 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 and say and do what you want to do. Christ is never going to lose. The cross is never going to lose. Because those... Now listen, back to verse 21 now. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by worldly wisdom knew not God. You understand why the world don't know who God is anymore? You know why the world don't understand God and His love and His compassion? Because Christians are fighting amongst themselves and Christians are living any way they want to live, but yet we want to pick that Bible up and beat somebody over the head because they don't go to church. Or they, or, or they go to a particular, or they don't know, they don't know how to act because none of us act the same. Amen? None of us act under the authority to where we live like a slave that does not have a will and that Christ, listen to me, that Christ has control over us. It says, for after the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom, knew not God. It pleased God by the simple message. This is one thing I do not like about this particular translation word. It's not foolishness to preach Christ crucified. It's a simple message. And the world can't comprehend a simple message. And it says that, that, that by the foolishness of preaching... To save them that believe. Guess why people don't believe this? Because God has not opened their eyes to the condition they're in. But if we continue to preach Christ and Him crucified, dead, buried, and raised on the third day, and that He sits in heaven making atonement for those that have placed their faith in Him, the Holy Spirit will convict their heart and their eyes will be open to the condition they're in. And then if they choose to reject God, then we have done everything we can other than continue to pray, and you got to live right. i got to live right. And it says, For the Jew requires a sign, and the Greeks require wisdom. Paul was in the middle of Corinth here, and that was just right down the road from Athens, where there was a huge, great philosopher, some of the smartest worldly people that they were and they had all this knowledge and wisdom and understanding and all this stuff was going on but Paul never changed his message he said I did not come in the simple words now Peter says right here I have got to live a sanctified life in Jesus he says let my heart let your, but be sanctified by the Lord in your heart and be ready. Why do you believe what you believe? It's our job to be able to tell somebody why we believe in Jesus Christ. And if you don't believe it, then you're stupid. Well, don't think you were any smarter because the Holy Spirit didn't open your eyes. You'd still be stupid. I'm not being ugly with that statement, but somebody, I can't believe they just, they act dumb. They won't accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I didn't have nothing to do with accepting Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit come to me. Amen. But the world needs wisdom. The world needs knowledge. They need to be important. 
And these are the things that cause the division amongst the church there in its same way today. It says, be ready to answer every man that asks you the reason for your hope. Why do you put your hope in Jesus Christ? With meekness and reverence to God. With fear of God. Jump back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, chapter 1, verse 23. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews. The Jews want this miraculous sign and now Jesus Christ has become a stumbling block. It's, they can't get over it. There ain't no man born in Bethlehem to a carpenter and, and, and a woman that got pregnant out of wedlock. They can't get their foot up high enough to use that as a stepping stone. It's a stumbling block for them. Why? Because they're still seeking for miracle signs and wonders. Jesus says, Oh, you generation of, of snakes. The only sign I'm going to give you is the sign of Jonah, the prophet that stayed in the belly of the well three days and three nights. He said, So shall the Son of Man be in the ground three days and three nights and shall arise. And to the Jews, to the Greeks, foolishness. When we go, the Jews, the, the, the Greeks are us, y'all. It's the Gentile world. And when, 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 when folks come with a simple message that Jesus, one man, there ain't no way one man changed history. Well, why did it start in 6,000 B.C. and count down to 0 B.C.? And it start from A.D. 1 and go forward? If it wasn't that, if that one man wasn't that, prevalent and that important, that much power, history and time would not exist to, to count his arrival and to count his departure. That's how much power Jesus has. It says, but unto them which are called, it makes all the sin. To every one of us that had our eyes opened up that we're a sinner. Praise God, anybody here ain't a sinner? And when your eyes was opened up, you saw how wretched you was, how lost you was, where you were bound, the weight, the debt, the, the, the guilt. And when Jesus Christ freed you from that, how grateful was you? So y'all see when we take our eyes off of the cross, how this other stuff becomes trivial? How the color of the carpet and the color of the ceilings and what kind of light fixtures we're going to use or how that becomes nonsense in the church. Verse 25, Because the foolishness of God is wiser than man. God in His simplistic message of Jesus Christ, the Son of God coming for you and me, that, 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 that very simple message is wiser than anything man has ever come up with. And the most mighty, strongest nations, we've studied it in Daniel for the last, I don't know how many weeks we've been in Daniel, but it talked about all these great kingdoms and these great powers and was in the horns this past week, right? With the ten horns and the ten little horns and da-da-da-da. And it talks about how Rome and these emperors, and we saw all the greatness that this world has to offer and nobody can ever stop God. Nobody can slow down God. Nobody can speed up God. God is the, the in God's weakest. When He come in human form, God was at His weakest point. Because Jesus Christ had to pray to God, God, give me the strength. God, if there's any way this cup, this, this bitter cup I got to drink could pass from me, if there's any other way other than the cross, 
God, you show me that way. If not, but not my will be done. But your will be done. Lord, if there's any other way, Lord, if I can do this and, 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 and it be about me up here and me getting all the pats on the back and me being the most important and me being always in charge and me. But Lord, if there's a different way other than me standing here preaching my heart out week in and week out, don't you think I ain't pray for God to send another preacher to this place? Don't think for a second that I'd love to put this burden on somebody else's shoulders. But I said, God, if it's not Your will, if it's Your will for me to continue to preach and to strive and to wrestle and to struggle and to mourn and to groan and to pray and to fast and to beg and to plead, Lord, if that's Your will, I'm going to continue. As long as i got a breath in my body, if there's a purpose You've got for me, I'm going to do it. And I don't need it to be about me. I want it to be about the body of Goshen Valley Baptist Church. And it says, For you see your calling. Jack, what calling God put on your life? Time or two, you ain't seen that, right? And... and, 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 and but you see God's calling on your life now, right? But what did you say you was willing to be? A second what? String? Oh, you're the second string. You're the man, I'm second string. You name down here. You understand that? Jack says, oh, I'd love to be first string quarterback. But he says, as long as the Lord, at least let me be second string quarterback. He said, I'll be there waiting for my opportunity. I'll be ready. I, I know, I know, but I'm saying, you stood up here on stage, I'm quoting you verbatim. You said, hey, I, I, I want to be the best second string quarterback that they are. I wish you was first string quarterback. But what i got to get you to understand is right here, for you see your calling. How long have you been teaching Sunday school? I have no idea. Since 1973? Or somewhere around. What year is it, somebody? I forgot. Huh? Somebody do the math. What's your calling? I hope it's been the teacher's Sunday But you ain't shied away from it? No. Okay. Everybody in here's got a purpose. Everybody in here's got a job. But when the calling becomes more important than the message you're getting it backwards Amen. when you put the emphasis on the call and not the caller you messed it up Amen. brethren how that not many wise I don't see a college professor yet in here I don't see any Nobel Prize winners sitting in the congregation. Where are the wise at? Not many mighty. We got any admirals or generals? Rock stars? Big sports figures? Where are they all at? No. We got any princes in here? Yeah, I know we got some princesses. I know that. Yeah. 
But do you understand how God took the foolish things? The, 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 the people that really is not that smart? The, 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 the people that are not really noble? You know, we don't have any really noble blood flowing through our veins. We've had noble blood poured upon us. God's not calling. He wants the simple things of this world to confound the wise. But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of this world to confound the things that are mighty and the base things, just the really very ordinary, elementary, just simple things of this world. God has chosen which most of it is despised because it's not that important and it's not that glamorous and it's not that... But God has chose those things that to bring to nothing those of the world that think they're smart, they're wise, they're noble, or they're important. Y'all, so many times God has to bring you down a notch to get you rededicated. God has to bring you down a notch to get your commitment, to get your calling, to get your purpose, to, to, to get what He's called you to do, God has to bring you down a notch. Boy, God has whooped me so many times. But you know, there's one thing I pray that He never takes away from me. His ability to stand and preach. But if I don't do what I'm supposed to do, God will take the most important thing in your life and take that away from you to get your attention. And you can't blame nobody but yourself when you get in that situation and the things that was important to you at one time and God's called you to do when it loses its importance, then what happens? God will start pulling those things away. For God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise the weak things of this world to confound those that are mighty and the base things of this world that you may, that those which are despised God has chosen yet to bring to nothing those things that are. That no flesh should glory in His presence. I can't go in before God on Judgment Day and say, God, look at everything I've done at Goshen Valley Baptist Church. Lord, you remember that little old church whenever I started preaching over there? And Lord, you've seen everything I put in that church and everything I've done. Y'all, I have not done nothing over here except be obedient. And God sent all y'all to help. And God has taken a group of people in one mind, one accord, one spirit, speaking the same thing, joining together with no division, and He has built a place for people to grow. But of Him are you in Christ Jesus. Everything you're ever going to be that's going to amount to anything is going to be in Jesus Christ in front of God. Amen. If somebody else was sitting in that seat, they'd get preached to all the time. You might want to move. Amen. It says, but of Him are you in Christ Jesus. Of God is made unto wisdom. Made, un, made us unto wisdom. And righteousness. All my righteousness is, is in Jesus Christ. All my sanctification is in Jesus Christ. All my redemption is in Jesus Christ. And what little bit of wisdom i got, I've got to accredit to Jesus Christ. Amen. That according as it is written, Old Testament prophecy, He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Amen. 
Lord, it ain't about me. It ain't about my calling. Lord, it's about you being glorified by the steps I take, the words I say. And, and, and every, every, every time we come together and every message I preach, Lord, let you be the one getting the glory out of it. It says, I, brethren, chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. It says, I, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come to you in excellency of speech or in wisdom. He says, I came declaring unto you the testimony of God, and I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ crucified. Paul never changed his message to reach a lost and dying world. And he's saying, look, everybody get on the same page, everybody do the same job, everybody have the same mindset, and everybody do it for the glory of God. And when we lose that focus, then that's when we have problems. So I'm praying tonight as we bow our heads in prayer, and let's have a word of prayer before we leave here tonight. Dear Lord, we love you, we praise you, God. We thank you so much for, Lord, the kindness, the mercy. Lord, the patience that you show with us. Lord, when we get out of your will, Lord, when we lose our commitment, when we lose our dedication, and when we lose our desire, Lord, we pray, Heavenly Father, and well, we thank you first for your patience, not just to go ahead and take us out of this world where we won't be a stumbling block to the others. But God, we thank you for that, being able to repent, Lord, when we're not doing right, when we're not acting right. Lord, when we get our priorities out of line, God, I pray tonight... Every person in this room, Lord, if they would just search their heart. Lord, before we ever speak a word to anybody, Lord, let us pray in our hearts and that Your will be done in our life. Lord, the, 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 the talents and gifts that You give us, Lord, we would use them to glorify You. Lord, when we don't use them, just as in the story of the, the, the three that You give, five to one, two to one, and one to one. Lord, the one that had five went and used it and You multiplied it. The one that had two went and used it, and you multiplied it, but that one that just had that one, Lord, they buried it in the sand, and they did not use what they got them, and you took from them and gave to somebody else. And I pray, God, that you'd help us, guide us, and direct us, Lord, that we'd use every talent that we've been blessed with to glorify you and all the walk we walk. All this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you all for being here. Hope to see you Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Breakfast to be ready. Bright and early.